Support for this podcast comes from San Francisco International Airport. At SFO, you can discover award-winning flavors and unique shops all before takeoff. Learn more about what's at SFO at flysfo.com. Hey, what's up? I'm Pendarvis Harshaw, the host of KQED's Right Nowish podcast. Donations keep independent journalism alive and healthy. And you support outstanding journalism when you support KQED. So if you haven't yet, check out donate.kqed.org slash podcast. That's donate.kqed.org slash podcast. From KQED. Mic check, check one, check two. Are we here? All right, we're here right now-ish. Hey, what's up? Welcome to Right Now-ish. I'm Pendarvis Harshaw. Hey, the internet is a wild place, y'all. It's a full-on mixed bag of factual and fictitious information. There's comical, corny, and sometimes cutthroat opinions, and it always seems like there's more hate than love. But every once in a while, I find something on this here internet that moves me. A human being vulnerable, open, and sharing their story in an effort to make this world a bit better, you know, just a little bit. That's my favorite part of the internet, hands down. Today's guest, Brina Jean, she's one of those people. I am an engineer here. I guess I'm becoming somewhat of a storyteller, and I'm a fat, black, queer woman with a rarely diagnosed disorder called lipedema. There's no cure for it, and it's still being researched, and there are really no medically approved treatments for it. Brina uses the internet to fight fat phobia with joyful posts that tell her story and raise awareness about lipedema. She's an educator and she even schools the internet trolls. More from Brina Jean in a second. Stay connected. Hi, it's Terry Gross, the host of Fresh Air. We bring you in-depth, long-form interviews with actors, directors, musicians, authors, journalists, and more. Listen to our Peabody Award-winning Fresh Air podcast from WHYY and NPR. Hey, it's Glenn Washington from Snap Judgment. And if you love what you're hearing, and I know you love what you're hearing, please consider becoming a KQED member. Get special access to cool events, behind-the-scenes footage, and so much more. Plus, you'll sleep better at night knowing you did your part for the community you depend upon. It's in you. Please be in it. Visit donate.kqed.org slash podcasts to sign up now. That's podcast with an S. Thanks. For those who don't know, what is lipedema? I'm going to try to say it in one sentence, but there's so many pieces and parts to it. Lipedema is a genetic and rarely diagnosed fat disorder painful fat disorder that causes chronic pain and it affects both fat and thin people (laughs) but it mostly affects people who are assigned female at birth it rarely affects uh, people assigned male at birth and it causes what's called they describe it as a symmetrical accumulation of fat-like nodules in the arms and legs so that fat-like part is hard to understand but yeah, can you break that down for me? What does that look like? Fat-like nodules is what we think it is, is fibrotic fat, fibrous fat, making the fat difficult to break down. I've just listened to different surgeons who remove lipedema, and they describe it as nothing like fat at all. 
One of the biggest challenges for people who have lipedema, who know they have it and have gotten some sort of diagnosis, if they've managed to, is explaining it to other people. That's partially what brought me here is my fascination with you taking the steps to explain your story to a broad audience. Bring us back to the start. How'd you get started in doing that? Well, I got diagnosed with lipedema about two years ago. I was about 37 years old. I had never really had a lot of control over my body's shape. And my size just seemed to only go up and up and up. That's expected of children to grow and their weight to go up. But my weight was going up astronomically. I was in elementary school or junior high school when I weighed over 200 pounds. I got picked on a lot and I got teased a lot. I got bullied even at home, you know? My parents, they looked normative. Their, their bodies didn't look like mine. Even my mom, who I'm pretty sure I got lipedema from, was a small person with lipedema. She had a small body. Um, but my body just seemed to just grow and grow and grow. No matter what I did, I was on a lot of diets. I was put on my first diet when I was a child. I, I did slim fast when I was a child and never stopped dieting. I even had an eating disorder for a while, but my my weight only would fluctuate at the most about 40 pounds. It wasn't just my size, it was the shape of my limbs. You know, I have roles in places that people are just, they stare at, but they also assume, well, maybe it's just because she's so fat that she, or she's so large that those roles are appearing there. What, what I later learned are called cuffs, actually, which is common with lipedema. You know, I came across lipedema as an adult trying to figure out, is there a such thing as being impossible to lose weight or impossible to control your shape? So I came across some images in the middle of the night, but it was when I kind of clicked in and, and started reading around the shame that the folks who whose pictures I came across, the shame that they expressed was exactly the same. It was the same sort of hide your legs, hide your arms you know, because there are these rolls, lumps, loose skin that doesn't make any sense at a young age, you know? <laughs> There's all sorts of things that are just non-normative that you're trying to hide from people. And that is what struck me. And I was like, oh my gosh, I know this. I, these are things I don't say out loud. And that's, that's how I ended up thinking, like I possibly had lipedema. Bring us to the point you were diagnosed, um, your reaction and what you've chosen to do since then. We actually have a lipedema research center. It's at Stanford Medical. And I thought, well, I'm gonna go to Stanford. I didn't have health insurance at that time, but there was a loophole. That was my first encounter of classism where the majority of people working there said, oh, we don't accept Medi-Cal. But actually it's on their website, they do. <laughs> and I just had to keep calling back until someone knew what I was talking about and schedule an appointment. And then I, I made it down to, to Stanford and I had an appointment with a dermatologist there. I asked her if I could get a referral to the Lipedema Research Center on campus. And she said, I only give referrals for people that have situations I don't know anything about. And I know what's going on here. You need to lose weight. And I remember even like lifting my arms and asking her to, you know, can you like put your hands on my on my arms? I feel these nodules in there. And I think this is what I've read about. And she said, I don't need to touch you. You know, have you talked to someone about weight loss surgery? And I was just like feeling like I was talking in, into a void. 
I left that day and it took me another year to ask a doctor about about lipedema. And um, when I did, I wanted to talk to a doctor who knew what it was, who could diagnose it and who could recognize it. And that was uh, one of the doctors who remove lipedema and they were all the way in Southern California. As soon as he got on the phone, he goes, great. This is what I suggest you do. I suggest we start by removing the, re removing the fat here and the fat there. And I'm like, wait, wait, wait. I, I actually just scheduled an appointment with you to find out if I had lipedema. And he goes, oh, I'm diagnosing you right now. You have stage four type two lipedema in your arms and your legs. It's wrapped around your belly and it's around your back. And at that time, I just screamed. I was just, I just literally screamed crying. It was like, I won. You know, <laughs> I was like, I won. I finally won this battle in court. You get gaslit and the gaslighting, it does something to you where you don't believe yourself. And so when I got the first, that diagnosis, I screamed in relief that it wasn't me. <laughs> Lipedema is not a rare disease. It is a very common disorder and it's rarely diagnosed. And surgery removes the lipedema nodules and reduces the pain and reduces the size of your body, but it's not necessarily seen as a cure by medical insurances. I still don't know, actually, how many procedures I'll need, and I'm not even sure when they'll even start. But when I've talked to doctors, the majority of them are like, oh, this is a whole reconstruction. Like, this is going to be a long time. <laughs> it could be one to two years. I don't know how I'm going to look, but just like I've learned as a person with a fat body, I'm going to love me wherever I'm at. Brina had planned to work with a filmmaker to show her journey and began documenting that at the end of 2019 after she got her diagnosis. I'm a veteran in the social media situation, but I'd never taken pictures, you know, of my whole body. And then COVID hit. Thoughts of pursuing surgery sort of just halted. Everything stopped. I said, you know, well, why not just go straight to social media? I was so nervous, but I said, you know, I'm, I'm going to do it. I'm just going to do it. And I, I bought a dress. I just decided to get out of my head and take these photos so I can tell this story. When I looked at the photos afterwards, I was like, I, I genuinely looked happy when I let go. And I posted those photos and I shared, you know, a blog about letting go and not hiding this anymore. And people really responded. People really, really needed to see a body like mine. And I was like, I needed to see a body like mine this whole time. That's how I found your story, you know, like, by you putting yourself out there and I I was fascinated and we can't glaze over the fact that like the fashion can you explain a little bit of the fashion for me we can't we can't get past that point so funny you know what I am I like I like to dress up you know um I like to feel good my parents are from the south though you know my my dad is from Mississippi Magnolia to be exact my mother's from Pine Bluff Arkansas and they are two black people um that are unmistakably black they come from an era where you have to stunt 
<laughs> you know, you have to show up and show out um, or else you could possibly be mistaken for someone with insidious intentions or your potential will be doubted. I like to show up and show out as well. I want to be so confident and I don't want to have to hide my body anymore. And to do that requires it a particular type of suiting up. I have to really, really be prepared to take on other people's response to my body um, and to my appearance. I think that's what my parents did. You know, they suited up for white supremacy, you know? <laughs> I suit up for white supremacy and fat phobia. Gotcha. Okay. Thank you. Thank you for bringing me in. You've talked about fighting the medical system and talked about, you know, fighting your own insecurities. How are you fighting perceptions on the internet or even internet trolls? I don't think everybody should do this. I'm just a masochist. I like to respond to the trolls questions. I don't think they expect a response. I don't think they expect to be heard at all. I think that's why they're trolling. I'm back. So I'm not going to actually answer this question. I've already answered it. Go look at my videos. I've tracked my food for a year to prove that I had lipedema to Kaiser. But what I am here to talk about is the values that we uphold. And I say we because I think I... I respond with the whole video response. And then a, a lot of times I convert them over on my side. There are trolls rallying for me right now. You're not going to troll me as bad as the systems do. I'm from Oakland. I know real trolls. <laughs> Ain't nothing control you like white supremacy, right? <laughs> Put it in perspective, right? I'm, I used to be a teacher. If I can take that, that engagement, how engaged people are in that rage, and give them something of value, like a mm. real answer and a real truth, at least while they're in that valley of rage, they can come out with something. Valley of rage? <laughs> come hither. <laughs> so far, I haven't been attached to what's in the comments. I find there's an opportunity there to educate folks, even mm. the trolls. And mm. oftentimes, what I have found out, they're often angry with the same systems I'm angry at. Everybody's affected and harmed by these things. Everyone, including you, are affected by fat phobia. But there was a person who was really angry and saying, you're promoting obesity. I said, I'm not promoting a body type. I, I don't promote body types. I'm trying to lean towards values of body neutrality. The work you're doing is important. What is the end goal in telling your story and doing the work that you do? I definitely want people to know that there are fat disorders. And a fat disorder doesn't mean that it only affects fat people. There are plenty of thin people with fat disorders. I want them to know that, and this is a hard one, if we have lipedema, it doesn't put us in a group of people better than people who have fat bodies who don't have lipedema. Both groups are suffering from medical fat phobia when we try and go and take care of ourselves. Both of us suffer from that, whether we have lipedema or not. Everybody's response is normally, well, have you tried this diet? Have you tried that diet? Before they say, well, maybe we should look at a fat disorder or even believe them. Brina, 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 thank you for being a light, for taking hate and using it as a teaching tool, for taking your story to the internet and telling the world, help for taking on the healthcare system and being fly while doing it. Big time salute. You all out there can follow Brina's work on Instagram at the Brina Jean, T-H-E-B-R-E-N-A 
J-E-A-N. Check the link in our bio for YouTube clips, TikTok videos, and plenty more. The producer of this show is Marisol Medina Cadena. Jessica Plachik is the editor. Our engineer is Sil Muller. Sarah Pineda, Lena Blanco, Kiana Mogadam, and Jacqueline Carbajal make up the engagement team. KQED execs are Erica Aguilar, David Marcus, and Holly Kern. I'm your host, Pendarvis Harshaw. Thank you for listening. If you enjoyed this episode or any of our work, tell a friend, rate the podcast, make sure you tune in next week. And most importantly, have a good one. Peace. Right Nowish is a KQED production. Hi, I'm Sasha Koka, host of the California Report magazine. Every week, we bring you stories about what connects us in the giant, diverse Golden State. Because what happens in California changes the world. I love this place. We were once seen as, like, the place to be California. The land of milk and honey. That's where you go to Sunshine State. But we just have challenges right now. KQED's California Report magazine. New episodes drop every Friday, wherever you get your podcasts. Hey, it's Avery Truffleman, host of Articles of Interest. And I've got to say, I've been a fan of KQED ever since I was a little kid and I would come out to San Francisco to visit my grandma. It was just what we'd always turn on every time we got in the car, every time we were making dinner and turning on the radio. It was always KQED. And then over the years, I've become a massive fan of KQED podcasts because this is local reporting at its best. These are answers to questions you've always wanted to know, interviews with exciting, unusual voices, necessary journalism, all told with love and care and artistry. And did you know that a majority of KQED's funding actually comes from members? It's just people like you and me supporting the programs they love while also getting access to cool events, behind-the-scenes footage, and so much more. If you want to sign up and be a part of this amazing community, visit donate.kqed.org slash podcasts to become a member today. That's podcasts with an S. Thank you for listening, and thank you for your support.